Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about a variety of topics. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. Let's talk about Instagram. That thing our parents use? <laughs> I think you're thinking of Meta's other application. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of in the middle at the moment where everyone kind of has it. And, you know, people have different other social media platforms in addition, but Instagram's almost like the default or kind of baseline one that everyone has. I mean, it's come a long way since when it first started over a decade ago. I think it was 2011 when I first joined, something like that. Oh, he was early. Okay, okay. <laughs> I had to be, I want to say I was 2012. Mm. But it was one of those things where it's funny. Like, I actually remember my cousin telling me about Instagram. Ariel, I think you've met him, maybe not. Technology guy, like always kind of knows his stuff. I remember him telling me about it. And I remember downloading it, thinking it was like a photo editing app for your iPhone. It's like, oh, it has like these, I don't know. At the time it had to be maybe six filters. <laughs> the toaster. Black and white. Yeah. <laughs> One that was weird, HDR-y. I downloaded it thinking like, oh, I could use this to throw like these filters on my photos at the time. And I remember like getting it, trying to like edit stuff. And I think I did or like saved or maybe even posted a photo and being like, oh, this is like super limited. I don't know how I'm going to use it or if I'm going to find use for it. And I remember deleting it. <laughs> I may have been 2011 too, or like 2012 early on, but I deleted it until like much later on until, you know, we started taking more photos. I don't know. It was weird at first, I guess. Yeah, I definitely remember that first era where it was more filter focused and those square pictures with the filters applied and the frames around them. And some people have if you go all the way back on their profile you can see those initial pictures it was just the dumbest things you would post just not really meaningful or i don't know just so random very bro like real quick as you're talking i'm going through my profile <laughs> i'm at the bottom i'm at the first 10 to 15 posts on my screen all square <laughs> random bro there's a picture of cereal on a bulb <laughs> i was at that level but that's exactly the type of things that you would post then. Okay, real quick. Went all the way back to my first photo. Mm -hmm. Super HDR. That crazy filter. July 16th, 2011. There you go. I was a 2011 kid. Next post, not till December. So I think that's the gap I deleted it. <laughs> didn't use it. I almost wish I didn't go back. Had to keep it up there. I got to keep it real. And it kind of went from that first stage to then I would call the next era of Instagram, at least for us, as the mobile photography era, where iPhone photography got way better just in terms of quality of cameras. I remember that really changing around that time too, quickly developed into basically a community for photographers, but not quote unquote photographers in the sense that because it was through iPhones, it was like any everyday person could get an Instagram account, see what other people were doing get inspired and start documenting their own life. And it really became, I think, like a community in that way. And it would be like you would give actual feedback on photos and photography was really the focus of everything for that time from, say, 2012 to 2014, maybe 15. And we also at that time started Ludique Magazine, which was basically an online publication around this time of mobile photography and featuring a lot of the people who were on Instagram as part of that. And it's crazy how much 
of a moment in time that was looking back and how limited almost it was but how strong it went for that time Nah, yeah it's something that changed the game a little bit for me and for everyone honestly it did give that feel to people like oh you could also take dope photos you got an iphone not android ah never mind but uh (laughs) if you got an iphone you're good and it was truly a community like you were meeting people you were doing the meetups and literally like getting to know people making friends it was like this weird you know how like in video games you could also meet online friends Mm -hmm. but most of the time you either just stay online friends it's very rare you see the stories and stuff or like people actually meet randomly and stuff but this was like a proactive hey let's link or let's shoot or let's do this meetup or maybe you just show up to a random meetup and then you recognize people you follow and it was just cool like that and it's a bunch of people i still follow from those days and follow me but yeah definitely like an era almost short-lived i know like while we were living in it it felt like this period but looking back it was like a it had to be like one year that it was like super strong and then it was like it was still there but like super diluted and things started changing and going different ways but it was like a very strong peak year where it was popping like that yeah i'd say it was maybe a little longer than a year maybe for the peak like you're saying but ludique we started January 2013 and it had been kind of forming at that point and I feel like that first year when we were putting out monthly issues it was pretty strong at that point then the next year in 2014 is actually when I studied abroad and to your point about meeting people I got super lucky because at that time I was able to meet a bunch of people through that in London and instead of meeting people through my school who I met like a couple people and stuff but For the most part, I made friends through Instagram. The first weekend I was there going to this big meetup that had like 30, 40 people and connecting with a bunch of them. And then in the weekends after we would go shoot and it would be different groups and sometimes just one-on-ones and all this stuff. But I actually went back recently to visit for the first time since then and caught up with some people who I had met at that point who I've still kept in touch with on Instagram over the years. And I was talking with several of them about how that was such a moment in time, like that didn't replicate after and we just all happened to be in the right place at the right time. And so I feel super lucky for that. But it's also just crazy how that doesn't really happen anymore too, because Instagram, one, it's just expanded to everyone, which we'll get into. But I think people also have their guard up more about like meetups and things like that, where there was something really pure about that time of the iPhone photography, mobile photography era. And then after that era ends or begins to fade away, let's say 2015, 2016 as the real kind of transition time, it changed from essentially a photography platform that still had, you know, personality and people showed their lives and stuff, but to focusing on pictures of people themselves more and selfies and all that. And I feel like that's kind of become the dominant thing to this day. Like even with the algorithm, pictures with faces always do better and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people mainly just post photos of themselves. And then you also have stories, which basically they stole from Snapchat, which I want to talk about stories more, but the temporary 24 hours, you can post whatever type of thing. And I feel like that's gone through changes. We have reels now too, which we can get into, but it's really gone overall from that special photo community to now just 
something for everyone, which has its pros and cons, obviously, as we're going to talk about. But do you feel like that's been the evolution? Yeah, roughly what it became or how it evolved. Yeah, changes started happening. Maybe it was right around that time when it got bought out by Facebook and, you know, they expanded. Now you could pose vertical and like go wide and then they added video. And I think video first was like X amount of minutes. Then they added more time. They were kind of dipping their feet into like different areas to go to. And then, yeah, you said with like the stories being added, reels and everything else that they continued adding and the business side of it, the shopping and whatever, which I don't know how successful that is. Well, that's a huge part of it, too. The ads now are just insane. It's like every two stories, you get two ads served to you. And in the feed, it's like constant also. It's bad. And it's almost like there's a team to like <laughs> try to make ads feel like the photos <laughs> that are on your algorithm. But no, yeah, for sure. It went through like the personalization era. Let's get personal. It'll be me, selfies and the personal shit I'm doing and in my bedroom and blah, blah, blah. Almost like a blog in a way which i don't i don't mind as long as you keep it original different and still artsy i guess but we know that's not necessarily the case with everything i don't know i went through a lot of ups and downs with it yeah i mean let's kind of break down some of the different parts what do you think of stories because i feel like when stories first started what i really liked about them was that it was taking some of that iphone photography era but turning it into videos and people would be pretty creative with it initially and stuff like that and over time it's become kind of a free-for-all where you can just post whatever and people embed feed posts and not necessarily in a bad way but it just doesn't have the same kind of purpose as initially and I do think there are pros and cons to that the temporary 24-hour aspect of stories a lot of content gets lost, but you don't necessarily need that all backed up and you can have the highlights and stuff like that. But yeah, I guess, what do you think of stories in terms of how they've changed? And I mean, do you think they're more, not necessarily more important, but how do you weigh them against feed posts at this point? That's tough because I've gone through waves with that alone, with stories alone. At first, weird, like, I don't know that I liked them all that much just because I was never into Snapchat and it did feel like that. Like, oh, they're just biting it off of that. Once I started seeing how people used it, it was fun. Like, it's where people post the fun stuff, like the side you don't see. Like, yo, where's Solomon at this weekend? You know what I mean? Where's Spotify flying Pedro (laughs) this weekend? You know what I mean? Like, you get to see that side of it, like the in-betweens, like the I don't talk to you all the time but at least i got to see this side of you like without having to talk to you so i like that i like that it caught me up with people that side of it was cool and then over time it kind of felt repetitive or like people post the same things like if i'm a gym guy i'm gonna post my gym workout every time or whatever it is you know and it's kind of like oh okay it became a thing where like i kind of got tired of it and every now and then i go up and down like now i go through like the first 10 because those are like the ones i like or my closest But now I'm like, whatever on it. It's hard to get to the end of it because it'll just go on forever. Forever. That's another thing. Some people post too much. If I see, you know, it breaks (laughs) down like the little lines on top to see how many stories you got. Yeah. If there's 20 stories at a time. If your shit's like smaller than like half an inch, (laughs) you're getting swiped left and we're skipping (laughs) your whole story process or whatever you want to call it. So yeah, I'm like an in-between area. I'm neutral on it. I don't want to hate on it because it's still like a good side of it i think 
but it kind of takes away. It is like the trash post of post. It's the post you don't care about, so can't take them too serious. That's me with stories, I guess. Shout out to the mute button also for stories and in general as a way to minimize some of that. I feel like that was a big addition, just as a little side note. Yes. You don't have to unfollow people, but back to stories. I think the pros outweigh the cons. I think they're still a good thing. And it gave like a different side to Instagram because the grid had become such a thing where not everyone, but some people were very particular about what they posted on the grid as a feed post. Mm -hmm. And so it was a place to be looser, to post full iPhone vertical videos, even photos and all that stuff. And I think it was in that way successful for them from their perspective in terms of boosting daily engagement. Mm -hmm. Because I think if they didn't do that and it was still only feed posts, people wouldn't be on it as much. Even me, I could say that I try to go on at least once daily. This is just, I'm saying over the years so that I try not to miss like a set of stories. Like I don't get to everyone's, but I see at least some of them, like you said, for the main people and whatever. And if that wasn't there, I think there have been times where I definitely would have like just not gone on that day or waited and then caught up later on the feed post. Obviously, that's like a not a trick, but it's a way from them to get people more addicted to it and be using it more. But yeah, I think even from a user perspective, I'd still pro them more than I'd con them. If I had to give it a slight edge, I know I said neutral, I'd go more on the pro side than con for sure. And you brought up blogs, right? Like there used to be sneaker blogs or blogs for clothing brands or all these things that you would get your updates from, even music or whatever. Those kind of faded away as Instagram and Twitter and all those things kept getting bigger. And instead of going to nicekicks.com and checking out what releases were coming up, you just follow a sneaker page on Instagram and you can see it there and just kind of organizing everything in one place, which I think is like good and bad where it can be overwhelming, but there's a convenience to that too. But what do you think about that side of it of all that content we used to get from other places kind of merging into this and it also merges with, you know, other artists having their portfolio work, like illustrators and designers and stuff like that. And it all merging even with the personal lives and stuff. That I don't, I truly don't know. And I don't even know if I have an answer for it because I do get the accessibility of it, how easy it is. Like I don't have to sit on my computer, laptop, whatever, to like go through X amount of posts from this website or whatever, like you just said. But I also feel like I don't digest it how I used to. This more like I see it, I saw it, done. You could send it to me like a week later and I could even be like, oh shit, that's fire. Not knowing like I saw the same shit like last <laughs> week, but it happened so fast or like I just thought it was like another post kind of thing. So I feel like the content, the media, whatever you want to call it, like loses value in that way or like mm. just how we consume it. I mean, you could say that with anything on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Because it's part of the whole scrolling, swiping, whatever culture where like shit's fast. Whether you want to sit there and like actually stare at a photo, read it, read the whole caption. I guess it could be up to you, but it's like part of the problem that Instagram and other, I don't want to just blame Instagram, but other social media creators that like, you got me for about a smooth five, six seconds. If your post is not that hot to keep me for longer than that, I don't know if it's my fault or yours, 
But again, not many things are making me stop and like actually consume what I'm looking at. Well, also when there's tons of ads and stuff and you're trying to get through those and the feed becomes such a mess, like it's hard to have something that's like, oh yeah, let me stop and read this whole thing or whatever it is for certain types of posts. Yeah, it's tricky. Like you almost got to have like a patience for it. You know, you're about to see the, let's say the two or three selfies or whatever it is, the two or three ads that are going to pop up, the two or three posts that you don't quite care about. And like, it might be the 10th, 11th where like you actually, or let's say even deeper, let's say like a 30th post where like, you're like, oh shit, this is actually fire. At that point, you could be tired of fucking scrolling already, which is like, you almost got to have the patience to look for like the content you like or whatever it is that you're looking for in social media or in this case, Instagram. And again, I don't know that I have that. Sometimes it's like, yo, I'm sitting down, like, got home from work. I'm going to scroll for 10 minutes before I go make something to eat. I'm going to scroll. And again, if your first 10, 15 posts are trash, like shit you don't care about, it's easy to miss that, like, special post from, like, I don't know, name whatever we used to like that used to have, like, a cool blog or whatever. So in that way, it, like, it sucks because I get it. It's easy. It's there. More accessible. More people will probably see it. But then like it doesn't have that value. It doesn't hold that weight it used to back in the day. I think part of the issue with that too, in terms of the scrolling that you mentioned, is that the algorithm is not great in my opinion. <laughs> I feel like a lot gets buried. I follow a bunch of people too, so I feel like things get lost all the time in that. You gotta really dig sometimes to find, like you said, the stuff that is gonna catch your eye and be what you're more looking for. I currently have beef with the algorithm. <laughs> I'm not even much of a timeline scroller. I think I've become a big fan of like the for you explore page or whatever you want to call it because it's suited for you. It's supposed to be the algorithm finds what you like, but you got to be careful on like what you open because <laughs> your shit will get flooded with whatever you open. For example, Kathy sent me like some like nails or something like, oh, should I get these open the nail post? Oh, shit, yeah, yeah, those are nice. Go with the pink joints put my phone down, do whatever, open Instagram again, explore page, six nail posts <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> I'm not even jumping. This is like true story. This, I could send you screenshots next time something like that happens. Like, you know, I'm not looking for nails. It's literally from like that one post I opened, but then the algorithm all of a sudden is like, oh, Kev likes fucking nails. Let's feed him. <laughs> Here are these metallic pair. Here's, and I'm like, well, like, I opened one post. So you just got to be extra careful. I would say I basically never go to the Explorer page personally, just because I kind of want to see stuff from people I'm following and get out and not spend extra time. And also, I do think some of that stuff gets pushed way over the top, like you're saying, where you don't even have to like a post. Simply viewing it at all will bring you all this stuff. And that even comes up not only in the Explorer page, but now they have suggested posts in your feed and all these things too and yeah in terms of just the engagement with it i do think there's for sure stuff lost from the time you would in the past spend on like a website and even going off blog stuff there was a feature on instagram guides which i'd only really known about or see someone use through pedro who you mentioned earlier who would do like at the end of the year a recap of projects he did for work at his jobs and stuff and almost like a mini portfolio collection and then I had started to try using them a couple months ago like end of October mid-October end of October and then they got rid of the feature <laughs> in 
mid-December. It was weird because this had been a feature that had been around for a while and had not taken off just like other things have before IGTV was like a predecessor to Reels and that got disabled and other things. But guides were almost a way to have a blog post with embedded posts and captions within that. So I was disappointed that they ended up shutting it down. But the platform overall is not set up for long form anything really. Videos, you can upload longer ones, but it's hard to keep people's attention beyond anything under a minute for most people. And everything is geared for these bite-sized pieces of content that are supposed to be just pumped out all the time versus having more concentrated things that you spend more time on. And even in terms of the spreading of that content, I think Instagram is a really hard platform to grow your audience if you're not like someone famous or have something attached to it, where something like TikTok, for example, with their For You page, it gives people more of a shot to have their stuff reach others beyond their existing audience. And I feel like Instagram never really cracked that. And I don't feel like their Explore page has done a great job of that either. Yeah, for sure. Uh, quantity over quality shit. My Instagram use is like three, five minutes at a time tops. Close it out. I'll go back in. I don't know, in 30 or an hour. So instead of like how you do, I think you do like a one good one a day like mm -hmm. a solid one maybe you go twice who knows but you do like a solid one for me now it's like every hour i'll go in like once for five i do like increments <laughs> and i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing but well first of all i don't think there's like a right or wrong way to do it but you're right like i usually do i'd say most of the time once a day sometimes twice a day and it's more like bigger catch-ups to try to see like everything i've missed since then but I would say even in terms of the timing aspect, I was at a point earlier in the year where when I would do that daily check or whatever it was, I was really trying to get in and out as fast as possible because I was kind of over it. At that time, I was spending maybe 20, 30 minutes-ish on that catch-up. And then I would say in the past few months, that's changed mainly because we talked about this in the journalism episode, but the journalists and just everyday citizens from Gaza who started posting once the genocide started happening there and just seeing those firsthand accounts every day and even outside of the people there directly, you have Palestinians as part of the diaspora who are posting from elsewhere and sharing resources and making their own content and then you have other news networks like Al Jazeera and Middle East Eye and all these places also sharing stuff with something like this the visuals play such a role whether it's like photos or videos and kind of like we were saying earlier it's like the most popular or most default in a way platform and so i think that's been a big reason why instagram has become like this hub for palestinians posting but at the same time several of these people like motaz and bisan and hind have gained like millions of followers while also meta has been censoring content related to it and shadow banning and all these things but ultimately i think instagram has really propelled that content not because of meta more despite them but yeah i feel like that's really changed my usage of it in the past few months it's pretty interesting i could say from my point of view and the people i follow for sure 
where I see the most posts about, you know, Palestine and all that stuff going around. People's thoughts and you like posting, going on marches and whatnot, posting messages. For sure where I see it the most and with the least amount of hate. Because I do see some posts on Twitter, but if you go through the comments, it could get scrappy real, real fast. It's one of those things where like, yeah, it's, it's found like a, somewhat of a good use for it. Even though it seemed like a lot of the stuff we've talked about today seems like a negative. We're coming around to like, ah, look, there is some good, there's some purpose in this, which is cool to see. And like you said, you can use it in any way you want. Stories, posts, whatever, long posts, do the paragraph, do the video, do the reels, even on the little story messages. I think I mentioned to you before where like I had a number of like people I follow that like would have like the flag and stuff and post like a heart and whatever. And like even little things like that makes you see like, oh shit, like people still with it where Instagram is now in terms of the combination of feed posts and stories and reels and just the way that can spread, whether it's sharing a feed post to your story or DMing a reel from someone or whatever it is, there's a lot of ways to pass that info along. And I think people have just figured out more strategically over the years, like the best ways to share things or like better at least ways to share things. Even like there are people who do those like infographic slides kind of piece by piece, sometimes with drawings and stuff with it. I don't know. I just think the distribution of it in general, it's different than it was even five years ago. Yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. So we kind of went through and covered a bunch of the bigger points. Obviously, there's a lot of small things that we could get into. Maybe we'll do a part two in the future getting into some of those. But this has been kind of the evolution for us from the mobile photography side to it just expanding and it growing into all these different ways, some for better, some for worse. And we've kind of hit on this in a way, but I think for me, what I think of IG really changes. Like it goes in waves, it goes in periods. And where I stand on it now, I would say, especially if you look at it just in total over time, with everything included, I would say it's a pro. If you had asked me earlier in the year, I might have said currently it's a con. I think I might have even done that in our meta episode that we did last summer. But I do think it has been a good tool for, in this case, like Palestinian journalists and other people to spread the messages from that and to keep people informed. And it still has a lot of good about it. It definitely has a lot of bad, but Right now, I'd say the pros outweigh the cons. That's fair. Through the evolution, you have found like a new purpose for it, which is cool. I don't know that I'm there. I don't know that it's necessarily a negative thing. I go through waves and none of them, I would say, ever take me on the con side. It just gets really close to that neutral line. Right now, I'd put it like a light pro. It is still the app I use the most, at least social media wise. What I use the most for quick 15 minute entertainment. I still find a lot of good. I still get informed a lot on like the stuff I like golf and sports and sneakers and stuff like that. I have found like you another little purpose for it, just like little bits of news and information, I guess. And as of lately, yeah, stuff with like Palestine and other stuff like that has been informing me. I don't really watch news go on Twitter, but I don't necessarily read much. <laughs> so Instagram is like the easiest way to consume it. So yeah, with that said, I'll go with the Live Pro. All right. So that wraps it up for this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack from Summer, Summer with an O on Instagram.
And I'm Kev. You can find me at same old Kev pretty much everywhere, especially Instagram. <laughs> Even though you haven't posted for Madlock. I'm more of a lurker, you know what I mean? <laughs> Stay in the shadows. Make sure the app is working correctly. That's, that's what I do. Report uh, problems to, to Instagram <laughs> when something's not working right, you know? And just to show how deep into Instagram I am, I actually have multiple accounts. One of them being my golf account, which is probably the last place I posted. Snowman golf, no vowels. Spelled out for the people. How are you going to make me do it? S-N-W-M-N-G-L-F on Instagram. Follow that. Peace.